This week on The Xander Effect, actor and author Jason Finney talks about his experiences in the entertainment industry and the success of his children's book, The Adventures of Captain Pump, and why it can benefit the children of this generation. But bullies prey on the weak. Also, from the Karate Kid Part 3, General Hospital, The Bold and the Beautiful, and the hit new Amazon series Studio City, actor and author Sean Kanan talks to me about how he got started in the entertainment industry, his experiences on the set of The Karate Kid, his two books, Modern Gentleman, Cooking and Entertaining with Sean Kanan, and Success Factor X, and his new project, Studio City. Also, whether or not he will be reprising his role as Bad Boy Mike Barnes on the new hit YouTube Red series, Cobra. All this, plus this week in entertainment, sports, and video games starts right now. Live it up! Talking not that up a maestro, more like that lizard from Geico. When I lick, 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 you go psycho. Downtown, I'm more famous than Michael. My game, I gave it to Tyco. Gene Simmons of my time. Whoa, got my control, damn control. Up to your spine and back down to your toes. Melt you, little mama, like pie and mold. Hot like the summer, goodbye to your toes. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames. In entertainment news. J-Lo and uh, Shakira's performance at the Super Bowl halftime show has apparently scarred a local Ohio resident who is a Christian activist. Basically, he is planning on suing the NFL, Pepsi, and his local cable company for showing such debauchery. <laughs> apparently, the, this guy's name is Dave uh, Dobbenmeyer. He, said, he, he, he stated in a quote, I tuned in to watch a football game. I didn't tune in to watch a porn show. Really, Dave? Porn show? Um, yeah, that's not exactly how I would describe it. Uh, the women were fully clothed, and they were doing a choreographic dance. I mean, <laughs> what else do you want? Obviously, you have issues, my guy. You really have issues, because... If you think this is bad, then everybody in the entire planet, in the entire world, is going to be suing their companies for any little thing that they see on TV. Matter of fact, how about this? How about I sue you for ruining my fun in enjoying a wonderful halftime show and making a video complaining about said halftime show? Yeah. Do you sa- do you hear how stupid that sounds what I just said? Imagine how even stupider what you're saying sounds to the rest of us. I mean, you're here trying to get an easy payout because I guess you're seeing that all these other people are getting paid out for very very little things. Okay, you're trying to go up against Pepsi and the NFL. 
good luck with that. They have crazy, crazy, majorly paid lawyers that will bury you in a lawsuit such as this. As a matter of fact, reports are saying that he's trying, he's trying to find who he's going to sue. He doesn't know who he's going to sue. He's planning on suing somebody, but he just doesn't know who. Honestly, this guy is begging for attention. He got it. He's getting his 15 minutes right now. But I can guarantee you that he will not get far in this lawsuit because this is a preposterous and a really dumb lawsuit for him to go ahead and try to sue somebody for this. You got to be kidding me. You're here trying to sue somebody for dancing. I mean... Listen to what I just said. You're trying to sue somebody for dancing. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody try to sue, do, to sue somebody for. <sighs> Dobbenmeyer, get a life. <laughs> Please. If you don't like what you see on TV, there's something called a, amazing technology. It's called a remote control. You click the off button. There's a little off button on there that you can click on so that you don't watch what's on TV. And if you don't want your kids, which, by the way, in his rant, he talks about his attractive daughters, which was a little creepy. Um, if you don't want your, quote, attractive daughters to watch any of, any of this, then change the channel or cover their eyes and ears or send them out of the room. God, there's just so many things you could have done. And you didn't do it. And you watched the show. Why is it that you watched the show the whole way? I mean, how did you know that they were there was pole dancing? That that's that part of the show didn't happen to way later on. So why were you watching it all the way through? If you're such a Christian and you, you what you watched was so you know it, it was so horrible. <laughs> Come on, guy, give me a break, okay? You're not fooling anybody. You're not playing with any kids here. You're just trying to find an easy way to get an easy payout. It's not going to happen. And you're also looking for your 15 minutes. Congratulations, you got your 15 minutes. They weren't the best 15 minutes in the world because I'm sure many people are giving you a lot of crap for your stupidity. But guess what? You got your 15 minutes there, guy. Enjoy it for the time being. In other entertainment news, I had the opportunity to interview an up-and-coming actor and author, Jason Finney, who talks about his experiences in the entertainment industry and also about an amazing book called Captain Pump, uh, or The Adventures, excuse me, The Adventures of Captain Pump, which is is a really cool children's book that teaches children about many different things, including good health. Check it out. On the show today, we have uh, a very like a, ver- a very popular uh, actor, uh, Jason Finney. Jason, how you doing? How you doing, man? Nice to see you. It's another day in paradise, man. So you're out in New York right now, right? I am, and you're out in California, freezing your butt off. <laughs> yes, I am, and, and we spoke before we started doing this that it's actually warm over over there, and it's cold over here. What the hell is going on with this weather? Like switching gears here. I don't know, but here's going to snow where you are tonight. Oh, wonderful. That's, you know, I got to go ahead and check the weather on that one, too. I'm going to like. We're going to the beach tomorrow here. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. I really, really hate you right now. (laughs) I'm going to go grab my Uggs. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Well, uh, we're not, well, we're here to go ahead and talk a little bit about um, you know, you're, you're, you're an actor. You've been in a lot of very popular shows. Uh, but one thing that I did notice about your, your background is that your dad was a bull rider 
Yeah. And your mother was a can-can girl, and they got married in an ice castle in Yukon yeah. territories. That talk about a wild, wild like family. I mean, how was it like, you know, knowing that and growing up in that type of environment? It's interesting because you know my mom and dad were completely different people, but yet somehow they got together and you know somehow made it work. Um, the most important thing, I guess, was to see my mom was an educator. My mom was a school teacher living up in the Yukon, and she happened to you know uh, be out one night and saw this guy who looked like Johnny Cash. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> and uh, the rest is history. They got married on an ice castle, and and that was it. My dad was it was a bull rider. He was one of the first. RCA Cowboys back in the 50s. Wow. So uh, that's the Radio Cowboy Association, uh, Rodeo Cowboy Association. And he was one of the first ones way back in the day. And he was actually one of the first Marlboro men too. And, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. That was so so is, that, is, that, is that what got you interested to get into the entertainment industry? I mean, how, or did, or did your father want you to follow in his footsteps of becoming a bull rider as well like him? Nah, I mean, I was raised up in Canada, man. You don't ride bulls up in Canada unless you're from Calgary. <laughs> you know, if you're living out west, you might ride some bulls, but not where I'm from. You know, uh, we ride skates and, and and hockey sticks where I was from. Ah, <laughs> I see. Well, then that. Well, then, well, in a in a sense, it's also a dangerous sport anyway because you know hockey is you know one of those yeah. sports where you got to learn how to fight. <laughs> yeah, but my dad was interested. His story is interesting because you know all he wanted to do was ride bulls and. Back in the day, they would just travel from town to town and just, you know, make enough money so they had enough for entry fee for the next rodeo. Mm -hmm. And that was the goal, was just to go from town to town and see what they could do and how much, you know, they can scrounge up to be able to keep doing it. Wow. And uh, it was a passion, you know. They didn't become rich off riding bulls. It was just a passion. True, true. Yeah, I mean. And, and, Today, they make a lot of money doing that. But back in the, you know, 50s. It was it was a completely different uh, different animal at that point. Oh yeah, absolutely. So let's go back to talking about you for a little bit. You've been in a lot of different uh, TV shows. You've been on NCIS. You've also been on Daredevil. Now, is this Daredevil the movie or Daredevil the Netflix series? It was a Netflix series. Okay, okay. So you've been on that. You've been on Hurricane Bianca, Imperium, Gothica, NCIS, FBI, and you have a children's book called The Adventures of Captain Pump. Yeah, yeah. What's that about? Talk, talk to me a little bit about that, that, that book. The Adventures to Captain, uh, Captain Pumper is basically helping kids become fit and healthy using a cast of characters and this fitness superhero I created. So the idea is to try and get kids to empower themselves by reading the book and finding out that through the pages they can find the means to the ends of becoming fit and living a healthy lifestyle and not necessarily looking at you know from an adult's point of view or someone telling them how they have to do things. And that was the goal of the book was to find a way for kids to look at it and say, Hey, I like that idea. Let me try and apply that into my own life. You know? Wow. And, that's, uh, that's, that's it, really, it happens in a school and uh -huh. the, uh, the, the superhero has a sidekick and the sidekick happens to be the janitor of the school. Nice. And who knows the school better than the janitor? Nobody. Of course. Of course the janitor knows everything. Yep. And you know, he watches from afar and sees what the kids are up to and always knows what's happening. And he sees that the kids are, unhealthy and they have these bad habits and you know they're not eating properly they're not exercising they're spending too much time on on their phones and stuff like that so he basically finds a way to uh, elicit this superhero who then together they've helped the kids become fit and healthy wow wow that's really cool though because i mean honestly like 
nowadays, you know, since since there's the obesity, you know, range yeah. out here in, in the States and the United States is like so it's just so growing scary. and growing it's and growing. Scary. It's scary how much it's growing, especially in young children. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a proper, you know, balance, they don't have a proper health mentality. So right. this type of book actually is very useful. Hell, I wish I would have had this type of book growing up as well, because I mean you know, I was a fat, chubby little kid that had horrible, <laughs> low self-esteem, was bullied a lot. You know, it was really, really tragic. But, yeah. you know, I mean, that's that's life, I guess. And I'm still I'm still not fit enough. I'm still trying to, like, you know, get better at it. But this is really cool that you have that you have this book so you could teach a younger generation how, how to inspire, how to how to motivate them to be yeah. in a healthier lifestyle. So that's really cool that you did this. And, Thanks, man. Thank and, I'm, and I'm happy you did this because, again, these kids, they're, they're the future, you know, of yeah. all of us. And if they, you know, grow up obese, they won't have a future. They, right. they'll, they'll suffer from heart disease and a bunch of other stuff. It's not just that. It's also, you know, introducing them to the concept of accepting others, not tolerating, but accepting and working together to get to a certain goal. And uh, I do tackle the ideas of bullying and the ideas of not accepting people and, and laughing at them. And I also think it's important that one realizes that just because one is laughing, it doesn't necessarily mean they hate you. And it took me a long time as a kid to realize that. I played hockey. I played competitive hockey. And I was a minority on my team because I was an English-speaking individual living in a French community. My father was a bareback bull rider walking around with a cowboy hat, a big buckling boots and totally stands out <laughs> he didn't relate to any of the other parents i didn't relate to the other guys on the team very much except for the commonality we had on the team right so i had to really develop a, a, a knack for understanding what it is and how people are talking to you and, and just because they're making fun of you it doesn't necessarily mean that they don't like you and as a kid it's hard to understand that because we think that if someone's making fun of us they must not like us but it's sometimes a way for them to make a connection because yeah. that's how they see you. It's like roasting somebody. It's basically like roasting right. somebody because a lot of comedians, they roast a lot of people, but it's a sign of, uh, it's, it's kind of a sign of respect. You know, it's like, right. hey, I make funny because I like you. You know, I'm doing it because I like you, not because exactly. I'm trying to be hurtful. You know, that's, and now that's we have, you know, people are so thin skinned and everybody is so sensitive to all these different things. And the problem is, is that a lot of it's not meant to be hurtful, you know, but now we've taken it that way and created this whole persona around what it is to shame someone in all these different ways. But at the same time, but at the same time, you also have to realize that many people don't all think that way either. Many people, right. when they actually insult, they actually insult. They're doing it. And some of them use a blanket to say, oh, I was just playing when you weren't actually playing, you know. But unfortunately, you don't like a lot of people don't know how to thin out the herd. They don't know how to like say, OK, this person's making a joke. This person's not making a joke. Who, who, like, I'm just going to go ahead and generalize everybody and say, you know what? You're all insulting me. <laughs> I, don't think that, um, I don't think that the answer is, you know, trying to figure out who's joking and who's not. Mm -hmm. I think it's being a lot more comfortable in who you are as an individual, mm -hmm. you know, and not looking for outside people to give you your self-worth. If you have your self-worth, and this is what I talk about in the book, if you develop a, a self-worth and you know who you are as an individual and you know your value as a person, doesn't matter what anybody says. True. You know, 
And it's really it's hard confidence. kids. It's really hard for kids to know that because kids are so fragile and, you know, they're impressionable and they're always trying, you know, to, to fit in and to be liked and they'll do whatever and they'll, they'll fall into peer pressure and all this stuff just because they want to be one of the, of the, of the gang. What I'm trying to teach them is that you don't have to be one of the gang. You can be the leader of your own gang and you don't have to worry about what everybody else is wanting you to do, you know? And yeah, um, if we can get that message through to kids and get them to be stronger individuals and have, you know, a stronger personality, then they're not going to fall into these traps because it won't matter to them. And it's true because I mean, like pretty much, like I said, you're, what you're trying to instill is confidence in right. a lot of in a lot of these kids that basically they, they have none. Um, again, speaking from experience, a person that as a child was bullied a lot because of my weight, because of how I looked and everything. Um, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy growing up, trying to have confidence, trying to like, it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't because I didn't have, I'm an only child. So right. I didn't have any siblings to say, Hey, I got your back or any family that says, Hey, I got your back. I didn't have it. I was by myself. I was on my own. So I was an easy target for anybody to bully. I right. mean, and it was a tough time growing up. So um, confidence when you're growing up isn't easy at all. But if you, I'm, you know, if you have somebody to go ahead, go ahead and say, hey, you know what? You can be confident. You can do this. You just need the right guidance to do it. That's always very helpful, you know, to any child growing up because it's an awkward time in your life. It's always right. an awkward time for both male and females. Right. You know, especially for see- females. So it's tougher for females. But bullies prey on the weak. And if, there's, if you're not weak, they can't prey on you. Sure. you know? And the idea is to try and build up these kids now so they can become strong individuals as, as small young people and grow into that and get even more you know, self-assured as they get older. Uh, because I don't think we're ever going to eradicate bullying. It's like it's, it's not going to happen. You know? And the idea of trying to eradicate it, I think, is, is kind of a mute point. The idea is to make these people stronger as individuals so the bullies don't have that advantage over you. Because, you see, a bully is really a weak person because they'll always prey on the ones that they know they can get away with it with. Very true. And everybody else, you know, that they know they have no hope in hell, they're not going to bother. So, you know, if you can become strong as an individual and you can become someone who can stand up to a bully, a bully is not going to be able to do anything to you. And that's very true. And that's very true. And not only that, but I mean, these people that stand up can also stand up for others as well. They could also right. go ahead and protect the weaker ones. I mean, right. that's, that's, another great, uh, that's another great lesson so that it's like, okay, if this person's being bullied and I know I can protect them, I could help them, I can go ahead and be there and have their back and, and be like, you know what, leave this person alone. I'm, I'm watching over them. Right. And at the same time, also be able to teach this person, hey, you can be stronger than what you think you are. You right. know, I'm here to teach you that now. They was taught up on me. I'm paying it forward to teach you. You could be stronger than this person that's trying to go ahead and mess with you. Right. So, no, it's, it's, it's a great concept. I mean, you know, the adventures of Captain Pump. That's, I, like the, I like the title, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. And, and the cool thing about that book series is that, you know, it happens in a school. So I have different cast of characters that pretty much fit every different kind of kid you can think of. And, you know, I have the jocks and I have the geeks and I have the ones that were having uh, issues because, you know, they've never failed anything before. Now they're failing gym class. I have ones that can't stand gym class. I have ones that, you know, are the teacher's pet and are kind of, you know, 
manipulating their way into getting an A, you know, that kind of thing. I have the whole gamut, which is cool because being that it's a school, I can constantly have a revolving door of characters. And this could go on for years, you know, and I'm hoping that that's the situation. We got some great responses. We got some great people interested in the, uh, the next couple of books that are coming up. We're looking into a TV show right now. Uh, nice. All kinds of cool possibilities happening with it. But again, it's all a question of getting kids to understand how important they are and how special they are. If they can be that way, then there's not much that's going to get in their way. So I got to ask, what inspired you to write this, actually? You know, I mean, aside from the obvious fact that, you know, uh, kids need to be more aware of their health and everything, what actually inspired you to write this book? I mean, I've always been involved in sports. I've always been athletic. Um, I've always been someone that wanted to help people. I've been personal training since I was 17 years old. And, you know, it just kind of was a segue for me. It was just easy. Uh, I had a fantastic mentor when I was in a pre-college program in Canada who taught me the ins and outs of bodybuilding and, and how important it was to eat properly. Uh, I started making and cooking my own food at the age of 17. I decided my mom couldn't cook anymore because all her food was too salty. <laughs> so yeah. I did my own thing. And, uh, you know, I've been doing it ever since. Uh, so I have him to thank for that. And I just hope that I could be someone else's mentor. And I thought the best way to get as many kids as possible is to make a book and to uh, make a, a, not just a book, but an actual kind of world. You know, there's a whole world of pump land where everybody's fit and healthy and helps each other and they respect one another and they want to help them become the best that they can be, you know, and it's up to Captain Pump and his people in the real world to make sure that the kids in the real world are understanding the lessons that pump land teaches and try to apply them to their own lives in the real world. So there's these parallel universes that exist in the book, if, if you follow now. So it's really, really cool. And the idea of them being able to understand the elements of what's happening in pump land uh, will then give them the opportunity to express them in the real world. So it affects their lives and their families' lives in a positive wow. way. Wow. That's awesome though. That's awesome that you, that, that, that you had a lot of good people around you, a lot of positive influences around you to go ahead and influence, you know, the, the decisions you make throughout your life. Now going into like that part, how did you get into the world of television shows and, and, you know, series and things like that? How did you get into that? I fell into that. I was personal training and one of my clients was an agent and thought I had a look that might be marketable and uh, decided to, you know, try it out. And my first ever audition was for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the TV series. Oh, nice. And I ended up booking the role of Shredder. Nice. So, yeah, it was awesome, man. It That's was like, cool. you know, uh, I, that was the kids Fox show that was out back in, in the nineties. The, the and, uh, it was fantastic. You know, it was a great experience. I loved it. I decided to take it more seriously from there. And I just, you know, kind of took off from there. I, I never thought in a million years I'd, you know, be involved in acting growing up. I was a hockey player. Right. And then after that, I was a musician. So acting really didn't, you know, come into my life until my twenties. So you lost your fame. My wallet was stolen. Will I find it on you? I'll save you the search. Yeah, no, Bolu. Secure the 
Wow, so you've been pretty much you've been you've been doing this for a while now, and you're like you're like going through different genres. You're going from acting to music to books. You're all over the place, man. Yeah, music was a good one, man. Music was 13 years of my life, so. Wow, yeah. wow, that's awesome, though. Well, I yeah. mean, but now nowadays, I mean, because you you look a, like a very intimidating guy. Like seriously, if I saw you out in the street, I'd be like, this guy's gonna kill me. So I'm going to walk the other way. So I'm sure you get typecasted for like maybe a villain often, I'm assuming. Yeah, I play a lot of villains. I play a lot of Russians. I play, uh, you know, usually I don't get the roles of the guy who's selling flowers to grandmothers. Although that would be pretty funny, though. That would be a funny, like, character. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. And then at night I go and I kill people. That would, you know what? That would be a freaking. That'd be a show I'd like to watch, actually. There you go. <laughs> like, oh, Grandma, here's a nice little flower. I'm gonna kill you. You know. <laughs> exactly. It's one of those things. I'd be like, wow, that's that's like Dexter times twelve right now. <laughs> that'd be awesome. Hey, listen. No. It could be a Netflix show. Hey, it could be. Hey, you never know. You never nowadays. I mean, anything's possible, right? Hello. Hi. Uh, Rick Barnes gave me your name. He said that you work with actors to help them as pay. That was Pig Latin for pass. <laughs> Why would I try Pig Latin for the first time ever right now anyway? So stupid. <laughs> I can't work with you. What? You have no potential. Get out. But I rode a bus to get here. A bus that went over a drawbridge. Fine, I don't need you. Bye, Felicia. Very good. You yelled, you denied help, you broke something. That's your first lesson in behaving like a straight man. Right? Exactly. So that's, but that's cool, though. They like you're you're you know you're branching out to different places. What's going on right now for you as far as acting is concerned? What's what's happening recently? Right now, I got a couple of shows in the pipeline. I'm working with a group of people in Arizona who are putting together a, a nice slate of films, and I'm going to star in a horror film next. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Do you play Do you play the bad guy in that one, or do you play one of the victims that gets killed? Yeah, I play the guy <laughs> selling the flowers to grandma. <laughs> <laughs> grandma, don't buy any flowers. Story. Don't don't buy any flowers from this guy. I'm telling you this right now. Keep away from my grandma, even though she's not alive, but still keep away from her anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I played a villain. So, you know, I, it's going to be a fun, uh, fun experience. Looking forward to it. We're going to probably shoot it in April. Nice. And, yeah. Nice. Where are you going to be shooting at? Out here in? Out in Arizona. Arizona. Okay, nice. Nice. That's actually, Arizona, like, that state is so prime for horror movies because it is. it's just so broad it's just like so much out there oh my god it's open it's open areas for like burying bodies all over the desert. just stand in the desert and put a camera up and you have a horror movie yeah exactly it's so eerie it's such an eerie place to like live at it's crazy i got a couple friends out there they're like yeah it's pretty it's pretty quiet too quiet <laughs> scary quiet out here you know i'm like i bet exactly no, but that's really cool, though. So aside from acting, you're also, like you mentioned before, you're also into physical fitness. I've noticed that you have a couple of uh, fitness videos or fitness things that you've, uh, that you've posted. Talk to me a little bit about that. That's fun. I get to go on CBS, uh, local news here, and, um, you know, do some fitness tips every once in a while. I've done a couple uh, recently. They should be airing. And uh, it was fantastic, the idea of, you know, getting on there and just helping people become fit and healthy. Uh, be it uh, New Year's resolution or, you know, right after uh, the summer's over, getting people into a groove, you know, for September into October. 
listen, fitness is a year round thing. It's not something that, you know, should happen here and there, but there's always an opportunity to start. You know, it doesn't matter if you haven't been active for a long time. It's just, you can start right now. And the body's cool because the body doesn't discriminate against you not taking care of it for as long as you did. The second that you start doing the right thing, it starts to react in a positive way. And, you know, that's the key is to try and make your body your best friend, not your worst enemy. Because either way, you're stuck with it, right? My eyes, she scratched me. Oh. Come on, follow me. Let me look. Mm. It's nothing. It's a scratch. We'll get you to the doctor. You'll be right as rain in no time. You sure? yeah <laughs> that's very true trust me like and it's funny because i have a i have a friend of mine he's uh my my, my friend he's a stunt double on uh, on ncis um los angeles yeah. and also on hawaii 50 and yeah. uh the thing is that he's he's a very fit guy. He's he's LL Cool J stunt double, and he's a very fit guy. Cool, yeah. And uh, he basically tells me he's like, you know what? It's not a diet that I do. It's a lifestyle that I have. Yeah, exactly. Because diets can be broken, but a lifestyle change is a lifestyle change. You have to completely change your outlook, everything you eat, everything yeah. has to change in your life. Because a diet, again, diets can be broken anytime. You can say, oh, I'm on di- I'm on a diet, and then about a week later you're back to your regular habit again that's something that you have to change in your life he tells me so my mantra is if it were easy to be in shape everybody would be it just like just like if it, it just like it's like business you know if it was if it that's was it. easy to get into certain industries everybody would be in those industries exactly <laughs> but see even from a business standpoint i'm my own business card you know because most of my roles are based on my physicality and all my training's based on that. So, you know, it's up to me to keep myself in tip-top shape so that I can be my best representative. So do you also, do you also besides obviously being in shape, do you also practice any type of martial arts, MMA or anything like that? Yeah, I do some boxing and a little bit of taekwondo. I got a buddy at the gym who's a, a former national champion of Poland. And uh, he teaches me a bunch of stuff. We work together every week. And, um, you know, just to keep up on what I need to keep up on. And uh, make sure that, uh, you know, when duty calls, I'm ready to, to be able to deliver. Well, we're going to need you to turn your music down, sir. What's wrong with the music? We just told you it's too loud. Shut it off. It's my birthday, man. Come down, sir. For what? Sir, I don't want to yell at you. Come down so we can talk. Hey, it's my birthday, man. This is not a discussion. You got that right. Hey, hey, sir, we're not here to bust up your party. We had a noise complaint. We have to respond. It's my birthday party. It's the middle of the fucking afternoon. Leave me the fuck alone. Hey! Watch your mouth, dickwad. Get off my property. When I say back up, I mean back up! I say get the fuck off my property! Get off my property! You're under arrest! Happy birthday, asshole. Would you, I mean, but would you ever, like, with the size of you and everything, would you ever consider getting into MMA or anything like that? Like, getting, because seeing as, like, you've been into so many different types of genres, be it entertainment, sports, 
you know, books, everything. It seems that you like to like spread your wings to like different areas. Yeah, well, probably not MMA. I mean, you know, fighting on skates and fighting in a ring are two different things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I'll leave I, that to the professionals that know how to <laughs> grapple and all that stuff. We don't grapple on skates. We just throw punches. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I saw a couple of YouTube videos where the guy just like, it's like, it's like wow, they're, they're throwing punches. But I mean, if this is MMA, he would grab him from his neck and be like, bah, knee to the face or something. Exactly. You can't, do that. <laughs> you, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> that's pretty cool that's that's cool that you're that, you know that you're leaving it to the professionals that's probably the best idea for any of us really to just leave that to them so i wanted to talk to you about because we were talking about this a little bit earlier about super bowl like you know who was your team i mean super bowl is just done chiefs they won and honestly i'm happy about that because i'm a packer fan so san francisco beat my packers i was happy to hear that the chiefs beat right them. so who were you rooting for on this one Listen, I think Mahomes is fantastic. He's great for the game. He's great for the youth. He's a great role model. He's someone who seems to uh, really just live on and off the field in a way that definitely is representative of what you want for the NFL as a spokesperson. I think he's the future. Him and Lamar Jackson, I mean, you know, it's going to be uh, probably Baltimore and KC head-to-head -head for the next who knows how many years, and I'm looking forward to seeing who's going to come out on top. Yeah, it was it was a very like I was talking to a friend of mine uh, on the on the episode before this that it was a real tragedy that Lamar just couldn't close the deal against Tennessee, which was shocking to me because I thought for sure in the in the in the playoffs it was going to be the Chiefs against Baltimore right. because that would that would have been fun to watch, but you know it was just it was tough for me to watch that because it seems like Lamar just dropped the ball on that. But I think like you said, they still have they're very young. They have a long career ahead of them. So no doubt we'll probably see more battles like this in the near future in the next few years, and next few seasons. Yeah, Mahomes, listen, he, he faltered last year. You know, he didn't make it. It's a learning curve. Lamar will learn from what happened this year. and He'll come back, you know, twice as strong. Make him, it'll be, make him better. I mean, you always get better, you know, through adversity, through losing. It makes you a better individual, stronger player, more resilient competitor. And these are the things that make them champions. No, no doubt, no doubt. And to be honest with you, I could actually, you know, I could actually see you playing a role of a football player, you know, in a in in the near future as well. So I'm I'm you know I'm thinking you're probably going to be looking for something like that too, right? Never know, never know what's coming up the pipeline. <laughs> well, Jason, thanks so much, man, for being on the Xander Effect. I appreciate your time for being here, man, and I look forward to like talking to you in the near future on any other upcoming projects that you have. I look forward to this book that you have going on to become bigger and bigger as, you know, as the time rolls by. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it very much. Stay warm out in LA. <laughs> I'll do my best. Stay, stay, stay cool out in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. To you, man. All right. Thanks, Jason, for being on the Xander Effect. I wish you luck in your career, and I hope to get to interview very soon, interview you very soon in the near future. In other entertainment news, Indiana Jones 5 is locked, cocked, and ready to rock. The movie has already been filming. Uh, it's directed by Steven Spielberg. And guess what? Harrison Ford is back. According to uh, according to a quote by uh, by Lucas Lucasfilm head Kathleen Kennedy, she says... There is only going to be one actor playing Indiana Jones, and that's Harrison Ford. 
So talks about a reboot, not going to happen. Uh, Kennedy adamantly said this is not a reboot it's gonna take place where a little bit uh, a little bit further in the future after uh kingdom of the crystal skull ended and and if you guys remember how that movie ended shia labeouf was seeing uh the wind blew indiana jones's fedora near uh shia labeouf's feet and he was seen about to put it on but then harrison ford indiana jones stopped them and pretty much the same, not yet, Junior. It's not going to happen yet. There was also talks about Chris Pratt uh, doing the role of Indiana Jones, of a younger Indiana Jones. But that was talks when there was a reboot. There was a, there was rumors about a reboot. That's not going to happen either. So uh, this, the movie is slated to premiere on July 10th, 2021. And by then, Harrison Ford will be in his late 70s. So... Props to him for continuing on to do such an adventurous role, the role that basically put him on the map, that one, and of course, you know, his role as Han Solo in the Star Wars franchise. Props to him for doing that. I mean, he's still doing it even in his late 70s. Congratulations to him. I mean, the guy, he definitely he definitely still has it in him. So, I mean, hell, he's a pilot. I mean, the guy, I'd like to be at that age and still doing the stuff that he's doing at that age. I mean, the guy is just awesome. Harrison Ford is just awesome. I look forward to the movie, and I look forward to seeing what story Indiana Jones 5 brings to the rest of us Indiana Jones fans. In other entertainment news, I had the opportunity to interview Sean Kanan. And if you remember Sean Kanan, as far as I'm concerned, I remember him from playing bad boy Mike Barnes in the Karate Kid 3 uh, franchise. And But a lot of soap opera fans know him for playing Deacon Sharp on uh, on 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 General on General on the Bold and the Beautiful and on AJ in General Hospital. So this guy, he's done a lot. He's he's also an accomplished author. Has two books that he wrote, and he talks to us a little bit about his experiences on on set in in the Karate Kid, his books, his new uh, web series or his new Amazon series called Studio City, and he also lets us know whether or not he will be reprising his role as Mike Barnes in the new YouTube Red series Cobra Kai. Check it out. So on the Xander effect, I have Sean Kanan. Many people may uh, remember him from being bad boy, the bad boy from the Karate Kid Part 3. However, this man right here has been in a lot of soap operas. How you doing, Sean? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. And I, and I forgot to also mention you're also an accomplished author. I, I, yeah, I have two books, yeah. You're I've got uh, Success Factor X and The Modern Gentleman. Man, you've done so much. I've actually met you in person. Let me tell you guys one thing. Sean is the nicest guy you'll ever meet in your life. I mean, and it's so ironic. Probably, <laughs> probably <No>. yeah. <laughs> no, but no, it was it was great meeting you, man. And uh, I gotta like go ahead and uh, dive into a couple of things. First of all, sure. I want to know. I want to know how did you get started in this industry anyway? I mean, you know, like how did you really get started? So I grew up in Western Pennsylvania. I grew up in a town called Newcastle, Pennsylvania, about 40 minutes outside Pittsburgh. And uh, I went to an open call for modeling in uh, Pittsburgh. I actually went with a friend. He was the one who wanted to do it. And they wound up asking me if I, I wanted a contract. So I wound up doing modeling. Yeah, like not big deal modeling, just kind of like catalog stuff, JCPenney, stuff like that. Um, and I wound up doing a commercial. 
and that got me my SAG card. And I always knew I wanted to be an actor. So when I eventually made it out here to Hollywood, I, I was like well ahead of the game because I was already a member of the Screen Actors Guild, um, did a couple television roles, guest star roles on some shows, and went to the open call for the Karate Kid 3, and I got that, and then, you know, that really opened up a lot of doors. That was, that was pretty much your big break right there was <laughs> that movie. Wow, wow. So for, right after that, you just started diving into both television and film. Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I actually went back and uh, I did some theater after I did Karate Kid 3. And then after that, I joined the cast of General Hospital in 1992. And that's been my kind of an ongoing uh, relationship with uh, soap opera since 1992. Wow. So I, I didn't realize that the two of you knew each other. Uh, well, I mean, we don't, really. I mean, we don't. Well, actually, we met a long time ago when you were helping to throw that party for my mother's birthday. Oh, of course. And there's always your brother. Right, right. So anyway, Tony, I, I was in the neighborhood here looking for an apartment. I can't believe how pricey they become. Tell me about it. Uh, so you're moving out of the mansion, <sighs> huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's about time, don't you? It's just, you know, I left my job and I'm kind of doing this independence thing on a pretty tight budget. Wow, that's 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 definitely a legacy right there. Let me tell you, you have a lot of I'm sure you have a lot of fans out there that are like loving you every time you're on the yeah, see you. No other fans in the world like soap opera fans. They have been wonderful to me. I love them. That's amazing, man. Well, I got to ask you when you're on the Karate Kid, I mean, did you learn martial arts right then and there or was it all choreographed? How did that go for you? I mean, I'm sure uh, No, I I'd studied martial arts actually since I was about 13 years old and I'll tell you something it's really an interesting piece of irony. So my my karate organization eventually joined with uh, a gentleman named uh, uh, Sensei Fumio Demura, and Demura Sensei was um, he was uh, Pat Morita's stunt double, and so he knew that I was trying to act, and he told me that there was going to be this open call, and suggested that I go to it, and you know once I eventually was close to getting the job you know he vouched for me he said that you know you know that i trained in martial arts that i was a serious guy and uh you know it was definitely one of the deciding factors that helped me get the role wow that's awesome so how was it like to go ahead and work with such an all-star cast i mean you have ralph macho that was in the outsiders you have pat Morita that was a legend in the freaking film industry for years you have right. thomas ian griffith you have robin lively martin cope how was it like working with this type of cast for you well, it was surreal on a couple different levels, and I'll tell you, the, you know, first of all, as a kid, I grew up watching Happy Days, so to me, Pat Morita originally was Arnold. Uh, <laughs> yep. I used to race home from school at lunch, and that's when Happy Days was on, and I just did, never missed it. Um, and then, you know, as far as the Karate Kid films go, it's obviously part of the, the cinematic tapestry uh, of, of, of American cinema, and you know, now all over the world. And I had been a paying customer uh, in the theaters for the first two films, and now to suddenly be, you know, starring in one of them, it, it really, surreal is the only way that I can explain it, but, you know, very quickly, I had to kind of wrangle that feeling and, you know, just get serious, and there was a lot of work involved. I mean, it was a tremendous amount of choreography. I mean, obviously, you know, learning the dialogue. It was a big-budget film, the third installment of a successful franchise, so there was a lot of pressure for, for all to, uh, to deliver. Hey. Don't even think about backing out, man. Because then I'll really be pissed. And this? Well, this will all seem like a happy memory compared to what I do to you. And what we all do to her. Hey, you're talking. Hey! Come on! Hey! Louis, stop! No, don't, please! <laughs> all right, all right, enough! Give me it. You want it? Yeah, just don't throw it over. Be careful with it, please! Hey, Daniel? 
make a wish. No! <laughs> no, that's amazing. So how was that transition? How did it, how was the transition going from film to television? Was it an easy transition or did it take time for you to kind of get used to the scheduling? And you know, I, I, I'm one of those weird actors. I kind of go back and forth. I mean, even while I was doing soap operas, I was still doing films. I've done probably 15 films. I did two films last year. Uh, one of them just came out uh, a little while ago, which was called Beyond the Law with Steven Seagal and with DMX. And then I have another sci-fi film called Colonials coming out. Um, you know, I think, I think now you gotta be able to do everything. Um, we, you know, we're, we're living in a time when there are actually so many different mediums out there for actors to work in. One of the most exciting things now is the world of digital television. You know, I, I, I just created uh, a show which is now on Amazon Prime called Studio City, and it's a short form digital show. We're getting a lot of really terrific uh, accolades. I saw the trailer for it. I saw the trailer for it, actually. That's really cool. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's now more than ever, there's so many opportunities for actors to do things. Because, you know, when I first came out here, it was ABC, CBS, NBC. And then Fox came in, and then the CW came in. But now, you know, you can't count how many different cable networks and digital Streaming platforms. websites, yeah. Look at, look at the success of Cobra Kai. I mean, it's on YouTube Red. You know, it's on a digital platform. So that really is, it's not even the wave of the future. It's the wave of now. So um, in a lot of respects, it's a great time to be an actor. It's a great time to start being an actor for, for younger actors thinking about coming out and doing it. So let, talk to me a little bit about Studio City. What's that, what's that TV show like? I mean, how did you come up? Like, what's so the concept this is, about? This is a project that I've been working on for a really long time in different evolutions. Um, it wasn't originally a digital series. It was going to be a half an hour comedy. And it was one of those things that I, you know, I took out, I put back in the desk, I go revisit it a year later. And it, you know, it wasn't until a, a very specific series of events happened that facilitated it becoming made. Um, uh, I started doing some films with a guy named Timothy Woodward Jr. Uh, Tim directed uh, Beyond the Law. I did a film called Gangsterland with him. And we were talking and he said, look, I really would like to do a short form digital show. And I said, oh my God, I've got your show for you. And I gave him the script and you know, he said, if I like it, we're gonna do it. And long story short, um, uh, about eight weeks later, we were filming. My wife, Michelle, is one of the producers. She also casted one of the writers. Uh, it really was a group effort. I got a bunch of my, my dear friends from daytime who are super talented people and recognizable. They all agreed to do it for almost nothing. And so it really was a labor of love. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a character that's very close to who I am, and it shows what it's like to work on a soap opera and what the life off is like. Sometimes it shows it in a, uh, in a humorous light and sometimes in a very profound and dramatic way and people are really responding to it. And you know, I think these short form digital series are, are so digestible. You know, you literally can watch an episode while you're waiting for a bus or on your lunch break or something like that. You can, you know, you can binge the whole six episode yep. first season of our show <laughs> in like 90 minutes. True. Um, and uh, it's on Amazon Prime. I hope everybody will watch it. Uh, we're really proud of it. Um, you know, we crammed as much as we could into these really short episodes. And um, we just got 12 nominations for uh, the Independent Series Awards. Wow. Really excited. We're really appreciative and thankful. And uh, we're now talking about what we're going to do 
next season? Are we going to, you know, stay with a digital platform like an Amazon.com? Are we going to try and move to uh, a longer format, maybe a 30 minute show on one of the cable networks? So there's a lot of different um, exciting options going on. So you have that. I mean, are you planning on doing anything else? Like, are you planning on making more ser- like TV series, like different yeah, ones? I mean, well? you know, listen, I, it, it's, it's always a function of, of the money. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. I'm very fortunate to find the funds uh, for this project. And, you know, hopefully uh, as this project grows and becomes more uh, um, successful, it's going to afford, um, you know, more financial uh, capability to raise money for a lot of other projects that my wife and I have. We have a production company called uh, Flip Creative. We've got lots and lots of projects, film, TV, et cetera. But right now, this is our baby. This is what we're concentrating on. And, um, you know, uh, I'm just excited to see where it's going to take us. That's start by cutting at least 10 crew positions. We need to talk. Mom, I got to call you back. Sam, good. Are you here to sign your contract? You know, Gloria, I know we do our little dance and we trade barbs and insults, but I always thought you respected me. I mean, hiring a second-rate underwear model? This guy Nick Cassidy's my replacement? Replacement? I was thinking rival, but now that you mention it. Okay, is this a, a little contract negotiations ploy? I mean, do you want me to quit? Badly. But what are the chances? Not sure. Sam, you have been phoning it in like you're some sexy 22-year-old firefighter on Chicago Gray or whatever. Today's viewer, they all have flat screens, and that includes prisoners and hospital patients. So, so what, you bring in some cut-rate Sam Stevens? Let me remind you that for the last two years, I've been the Soap Opera Fan Awards runner-up, okay? America loves Dr. Pierce Hartley. Yeah, but you're distracted. So, you've got three weeks to bring your A-game, or... You're wearing an orange jumpsuit. I don't know what the hell you're talking about, distracted, because I would never, ever do anything to to take away from what I do here on the show. But that doesn't mean that I don't want to do other things. You want to be an action star? You're goddamn right I do, and I could be an action star. If you didn't kick... Oh, Sammy. You know I love you to bits, but do you actually need me to remind you that you're just too old? That's really cool because I mean a lot of a lot of actors they kind of just continue just to act and that's it. Some dive into directing, some dive into writing, producing. It seems that you're grasping everything. Like you're you're pretty much going. No, I'm, I'm trying. But I think you have to. You know. I mean. I mean. God bless those actors that are successful enough that they just get hired again and again and again. And you know, like a lot of actors, I, I've, I've been more fortunate than many but i do have you know periods of time when i'm unemployed and i just got tired of it i was like i'm going to start creating my own content and that's what you got to do you you got to tip I, I think any more to be a really successful actor you know unless you're a guy like you know the Brad Pitts of the world and Tom Cruise's or a guy that's a regular on a series you're really just another actor looking for a job and you know i i think to be successful in what's an incredibly competitive jungle uh you got to have a producer hat and a writer hat and an actor hat true very true and, and, you know assimilate all three to try and get something going no and that's and that's for sure that's that's for damn sure because i mean like you said it's, <laughs> right i mean yeah. i mean look, you you know wouldn't you love just to do your show and get paid millions of dollars to do it but i'm sure you've got to be your own marketing guru publicist producer oh yeah 
marketing guy. Yeah, it's just how it is. Well, it's it's funny because when I, when because I'm an actual I'm a legitimate journalist. I have my degree in journalism and everything. Wow. So the thing is that like because I have this degree in journalism school, they tell us you can no longer. It, it's not like the old days where you could just be a journalist and it's okay. No, now you have to learn how to shoot the camera. You have right. to learn how to edit. You have to find the story. You have to direct, produce. You have to do it all yourself now. It's no longer which ultimately makes you a better journalist. Exactly, exactly. It makes you. It makes you better. It makes you more accurate. It gives you pride in the work that you do, not just right. in what people assign you to do anymore. So, in a sense, I'm. You know, I understand what you're saying because now right. the platforms changed. The games changed completely. Changed. Yeah. So it's something that people have to go ahead and say. You know what? Time to go ahead and change up what I have to do now. You know, even, even, you know, you look at Cobra Kai and you've got these three guys that are really talented film producers. Um, uh, and you got John Hurwitz, uh, Josh Held, and Hayden Schlossberg. And Billy Zabka and Ralph, you know, they had talked a lot about doing something like this, waiting for the right, you know, project to come along. And they, they you know, they got together, it was the right synergy, and they executed it brilliantly, and it's become a huge success. But, you know, I know, I know for a long time, Billy, who is an accomplished director, I mean, he was nominated for an Academy Award or maybe even won one, I don't remember, but, um, you know, was trying to put something like this together. And you, you got to have sort of your bag of projects that you're carrying around town. And when, when the right circumstance comes, you got to strike and, and get it put together. And it worked out beautifully for those guys. And uh, so far, it's working out really nicely for us. And actually, and then talking about that, I actually wanted to, like, you know, bring that up really quick because obviously... You know, well, first of all, I, want, I need to ask this question. When you're out in the street, what do people mostly recognize you for? Do they recognize you because of the soap opera? Do they re recognize you because of the bad boy on uh, Karate Kid 3? Which one do you mostly uh, You know, it's, it's, it's kind of a mixture of both. I'm really fortunate that I've got two very big, you know, fan groups that, that, or that make what I did recognizable, and they're very different. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's, crossover between fans that are soap opera fans and Cobra Kai, but they really are kind of different, you know, groups. And it's nice to have two different groups of people support what I do. And, and you know, like you talked about the books that I wrote. I mean, just be really uh, dedicated to supporting me. And that's why, I, you know, I love uh, the, the people that are, are, you know, fans of mine. I mean, I, I always sounds weird saying fans of mine, but people who follow my career and everything, I, I do not take that for granted. And I realize that without them, um, you know, I would not have the career that I have today. Would you like, when you first came out of the Karate Kid part three, were you getting a lot of flack from a lot of people saying, <laughs> Oh, you're evil. Oh, you're a bad guy. I don't like you. And blah, blah, blah. You, know, you know, it's funny. I, I actually got a lot more of that from um, my role as Deacon Sharp on the bold, the beautiful, and the young and the restless. <laughs> Women would come up to my wife all the time and they'd say, you know, he's a, he's a really bad guy. <laughs> talking about Sean or are you talking about his character? And people sometimes had a difficult time uh, separating the two. Oh Miss Rosenswan. What? That's, that's the name of your license. Oh, yeah. I'm just surprised you remembered. Well, now how could I forget? You play? No. Never? I'm really terrible. Somehow tonight I think you might get lucky. Hmm. 
We're gonna try this one more time. No, no, no. No, yes, way. we are. Yes, we are. Just... I'm gonna help you. Okay. Take the sticks. Put it in your hands. Now, bend to your waist. That's good. That's good. No, no. You can't clutch it. You gotta just relax a little bit. So you want it to slide nice and easy. How's that feel? Good. Good? Okay. And it's very important to hit just the right spot. Now, don't hold back and give it everything you got. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm talking about. That's really cool, though. So before we go into the Cobra Kai, I know like fans are probably like, get to the point already. I want to because the reason I want to get make sure people understand who Sean Kanan is, the person, not not just the actor, but also the author. I want to talk a little bit about your yeah. books. What are your books all about exactly? So my first book, uh, The Modern Gentleman: Cooking and Entertaining with Sean Kanan, it's it's uh, it's a hybrid book. It is a cookbook. It does tell you how to you know set your kitchen up, how to cook. It teaches you about wine, about all, all different stuff. It teaches you how to entertain, but it's also a hybrid because it's a book to help guys become the best guys they can be, and a book to help women know how we think. And so there's a lot of chapters. Um, you know, for me, uh, studying martial arts has been a very important part of my life. So there's a, a chapter called The Modern Gentleman Defends Himself. and talks about how martial arts has influenced my life. Uh, I've always studied foreign languages. And I talk about, you know, the modern gentleman learns a foreign language. And I talk about how when you, you learn a foreign language, and then if you're fortunate enough to go to that country, it's a completely different experience. Mm -hmm. Plus, you meet, you know, such a, a wider, more diverse group of people that, that ultimately enhance your life. Um, so uh, really quickly, you know, I, I talk about like in the 50s, guys knew how to be guys. There was John Wayne, Ronald Reagan, you know, men were these alpha males. And then the women's movement happened and, and that was a great thing, but I think there was a lot of confusion on the part of guys. They were like, well, am I supposed to now be sort of the empathetic, great listener, compassionate, or am I supposed to be this other guy? And, and the truth is it's really a combination of both, the best qualities of both. And a lot of guys like me, you know, you're raised by mom because dad's out working. You're taught to pull the chair out. You're taught to open the door. Then you get out in the world. Suddenly you open the door for, for a woman and it's, it's almost like you've offended them. I mean, I opened, I opened doors for guys, girls, old ladies. It's confusing. <laughs> I'm raised. But a lot of that has now been attached to kind of dominant male behavior. And, you know, look. Male chauvinism and it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so I think the book teaches you how to be a guy's guy without being a doormat, but still not being a Neanderthal and, and being attuned even to the feminine side that we all have. All men have a feminine side. It's a yin-yang thing, mm -hmm. you know? And, and it's, it's important to be in touch with, with both sides. No, and that's, that's, that's actually, that actually makes a lot of sense because I was raised mainly by my mom. My dad, my dad was a man's man. He was a mechanic and a truck driver. So okay. He was gone a lot. He was gone a lot. So I was raised a lot by my mom. And, you know, like my mom passed away in 2016. It really hurt when she passed away because she was like, she was like my best friend. But she taught me a lot. And she yeah. made me realize the value that women have, you know, and how they complete us. How Absolutely. Us males. Because without women, we wouldn't be on this planet. 
You know, right. there's just no way that we'd is, be on this planet without that, women. That is a brilliant observation, my friend. <laughs> it's the truth. So yeah. I've, I've learned how to respect and how to understand women as much as possible. However, and they I are also, <laughs> exactly, you know, and, but however, my mom also taught me not to be a doormat. <laughs> you know, she's like, what? yeah, not, not to be a doormat. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. I, I get what you're saying and I understand. Yeah, I think, I think the book, I think the book, you know, I wrote the book, I don't know, gosh, maybe seven or eight years ago. I can't remember exactly. And I think the book is actually now more relevant than it's ever been because of the Me Too movement. And, yeah. you know, a lot of stuff in the Me Too movement that's really important and really good. But I, I think it's left a lot of guys gun shy about yeah, scared, abused mm -hmm. and scared. How do I act in the workplace? And, you know, I talk a lot about what, what's appropriate behavior and what's not appropriate behavior. Um, I even have a, a, a chapter on uh, sexting. You know, <laughs> and I talk about, hey, look, sexting is, you know, it's meant to be fun and sexy, yeah. but never to degrade somebody. True. You know, never to humiliate somebody and make them feel bad. It's supposed to be kind of the appetizer and precursor to hopefully, you, you know, getting together and expressing yourself physically with somebody. Um, you know, so I deal with a lot of stuff that's like legit stuff in the real world. And I, I think it's really, um, I think it's still really viable. And if, if anyone's interested in getting the book, I got to give the plug for it. You know, you can go uh, to... Uh, I'm in the process of getting a new website together. So I think you mm -hmm. can still get it at seancanonthemoderngentleman.com and then go to the shop and, uh, and it's there. And it, you know, I think it's a great book for women to give men, for women to give um, you know, young guys going off to college or something or getting out there in the world. It's a great book for guys maybe whose dad wasn't around. Um, but but I, I, it's, got, it's gotten a tremendous response. No, that's fantastic. That, that's definitely fantastic. You can get it on Amazon too still. Yeah, I thought I I would think yeah, that you could you know, as well. And you said you have that one. You have another book though. I have another book, which is uh, an interesting book. This is a book called Success Factor X, mm -hmm. and my partner Jill Lieberman and I went to fifty people in all different fields, incredibly successful people, and said, "What does success mean to you?" And we got responses from Mark Cuban, Anthony Robbins, wow. um, Martin Cove from Cobra Kai wow. in the Karate Kid films, mm -hmm. um, baseball players, football players. Uh, Gold medal athletes, um, um, Daryl McDaniels, founding heavy member hitters. of Run DMC. Heavy hitters, right? And, and all these people, while successful and uber successful, they all talk about their success in terms of how they can use it to help other people achieve their dreams. Mm -hmm. It's not about, you know, how many toys I have, how much money I make. And you start seeing these common denominators that most of them have used to achieve their success. And my... My acting teacher, who was the late, great Roy London, used to always say, I've got more in common with a successful plumber than I do with an unsuccessful acting coach, meaning the very same things that it takes probably to have a, a, a successful plumbing business are many of the same things that you have to employ to become successful in any business, whether you're an acting teacher or a, a baseball player, whatever. You know, there's certain benchmarks in success or to achieve success that you gotta, you gotta go through no matter what you do. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, it's a beautiful uh, coffee table-esque type book, color photos of everybody. Um, each person wrote uh, uh, an organic submission that is their advice about success. It gives a bio, um, it's a terrific book. Uh, book Authority named us one of the 20 most influential books on inspiration in the last 20 years. Uh, that's also available on uh, Amazon as well. 
Awesome. I'm definitely going to, I'm definitely going to have to check them out myself. Actually. It sounds really interesting. Yeah. So now let's get to the nitty gritty of everything. Okay. okay. So this is what a lot of people have been waiting for. Cobra Kai has been, has become a, a huge success. In Absolutely. YouTube Red. I mean, personally, I've seen, I've binged watched, you know, the, the last t couple of seasons has been going on. There, are, there is a rumor mill. Actually, it's probably also confirmed that Elizabeth is coming back. Elizabeth, she's coming back to reprise her role as well. Oh, that's amazing. Wow. Um, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting things going on right now. And many fans are wondering, is Sean Caden's character coming back? Is he going to be coming back? And because now, now, you know, you have, you have the, the master, the teacher of Cobra Kai taking over everything. Is he also going to bring back his old evil student? That's the question that many people are asking. Yeah, well, that's the question I'm asking too. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I wish I wish I had some uh, some tangible news to tell you, but uh, you know, it's funny. Uh, if, if anyone who follows me on Twitter, uh, Twitter, there um, there was a little back and forth between uh, one of the producers and one of the fans, and she said, you know, we really want to see Sean Cannon's character Mike Barnes back, and he said, keep wishing it might just happen. So, you know, there's a lot of sort of cryptic breadcrumbs, I think, that these guys are dropping. And, um, you know, I, listen, I, I would love to do the show. It would be a lot of fun to uh, dust off the Cobra Kai gi or, or whatever else they may have in mind. Who knows, Mike Barnes might have become a nice guy. You know, maybe he's a, maybe he's a family therapist, you know, and he's just helping <laughs> one couple at a time. Work, I mean, work you, through their problems. Do you think that that would actually do? You, okay, so that's what my question is. You know, in your personal opinion, what do you think Mike Barnes is up to now? Like, what do you? Well, what, I, okay. What, if, I'm, if I'm being serious, you know, I think Barnes had two choices. He either, you know, went to prison at some point and probably became a worse human being, or I always think maybe the guy went into the military and got straightened out and became, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a guy of honor. Um, but I also think from a comedic point of view, it'd be really funny if Mike Barnes somehow, you know, went, went to some retreat and became this zend out, you know, kind of, <laughs> you know, hippy dippy kind of guy he comes, he's got like puka shells and beads <laughs> and everything. And he's, that would he's be just great. Like, love and understanding. And then somebody pushes him and he's just like, bam. <laughs> That would probably be the funniest thing. I, I'd watch it just for that fact. I'm right? like, wow, really? Well, you know, <laughs> the, 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 the producers of Cobra Kai are, you know, these are the guys that did Carol and Kumar. So they've got great senses of humor. Yeah, yeah. You know, they know comedy and hot tub time machine. Um, so, yeah, who knows? Uh, you know, if they decide to bring me back, who knows what it could be, right? Dude, it'd be great. But, I mean, it's honestly, the way they created this series is genius because it's Absolutely. almost like the roles have been reversed. Yep. And now it seems like, you know, uh, Ralph Macho's character is the bad guy, you know? And it, it's just it's weird. Genius. And he's the one that's rich now. And the roles yep. have completely reversed in this whole thing. So it's, it's interesting to see how, how this show has progressed. I mm. mean, the, the, the final episode of last season was bananas yeah i saw it and i was like you gotta be kidding me this did not just happen <laughs> this is like a battle royale between both schools like it was nuts so yeah i mean like right now a lot of fans are looking forward to it personally i would love to see mike barnes come back and see exactly what he's been up to all these years makes two i mean honestly sean your your character was was pretty much the the breaking point he was the breaking point 
you know, of Daniel. Like it was, it was just so bad. And yeah. you know, not a, not, not a well-evolved young man, was he? <laughs> no, not not so much. <laughs> not so much. I mean, but I mean, he wasn't real bright either. Let's be honest. Because, yeah. Like Mike got blown out by Akata. I mean, he was just confused. Like he just, <laughs> what's going on? I mean, you know. I mean, Johnny at least got got taken out by like a mystical, you know, crane kick. That yeah. Had, you know, I mean, Akata. Like, what do you, what do you, I mean, why not just give me like an algebra test, right? <laughs> you know what, though? I do have to admit that that, that ending maneuver was right. a little bit soft. And here's the thing. If you, if you watch the final fight really slowly, like you slow it down frame by frame, you can see my underwear sticking out the back of my... <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, Mike Barnes is a bit of a mess, to be honest. <laughs> Guy was a hot mess. Oh, man. But you, you know what? But you had fun doing it. So, oh, my God. You know, we, I, it was a life-altering experience, and, and it still remains one to this day. It's one of the most um, important life experiences I've ever had the pleasure to, to be a part of. Yeah. Do you still keep in contact with the old cast? You know, I, um, Marty and I w went on to do a play together. Uh, I, I'm friends with uh, Martin's son, Jesse. Um, Marty and, Marty's in my book. I mean, I talk to Marty um, infrequently, but, you know, I just love the guy. I mean, he's like an uncle to me. Um, Billy and I have, have spoken and seen each other uh, uh, over the years. Terrific guy. Uh, really happy for his success. And I've seen Ralph a couple times. Um, that guy and, doesn't age. Ralph Macho uh, does not uh, age. Uh, I swear. Uh, I want whatever he's, he's drinking. The blood of virgins, right? Seriously, I want whatever <laughs> he's drinking. I, I saw his age, and I'm like, you got to be kidding. He looks like he's 14 still. Like, right. he does not change. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I see uh, Ron Thomas every now and then. Uh, um, and, and um, yeah, every now and then, you know, we do a signing, and, and the guys would get together. Uh, Daryl Vidal. Uh, from the first one, um, tremendous honor to uh, to know Daryl. Um, he was kind enough to have me inducted into the uh, Masters Hall of Fame, which wow. is a, a martial arts organization. Uh, you know, he was my sponsor for that, and uh, so yeah, I, I do off and on keep in touch with uh, uh, some of the people. Um, I've seen Robin Lively a couple times, so yeah. Nice, nice. Well, I'm glad that, you know, that, uh, that you're still keeping in touch with everybody. Again, Sean, I hope that Mike Barnes returns to Cobra Kai. It would not be the same without him. It'd be great to see him come back. Sean, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect. You know, I, I appreciate your time, man. I know you're a busy man, so, Dude, it was you know. talking to you, man. This is like shooting the shit with one of my pals. You know? Right? <laughs> I, want to thank, I want to thank your audience, too. And I hope everybody will uh, please take a minute, go on Amazon Prime, um, watch the show. It's funny. It's, it's poignant. And uh, if you like it, write us a nice review. If you hate it, uh, keep it to yourself. And uh, <laughs> you know, follow me on social and, you know, hopefully you'll see me on Cobra Kai at some point. But right now, I'm, I'm happily preoccupied with uh with my show studio city no that's awesome and and when you when you appear on cobra right. I, i'm gonna want another interview because i'm gonna want to talk to you about oh, where the puka on. shells <laughs> i'm holding all you right? to that i'm holding you to that all right brother Shock take care of yourself slide. thank you so much all right all right we'll talk take soon. care 
Thanks so much, Sean, for being on the Xander Effect. I look forward to uh, interviewing you again. Hopefully, when we we uh, we circle back to you one more time, it, or uh, again, it will be when you're casted in Cobra Kai. Because I know they're gonna. I have a feeling they are gonna cast you in the near future. How can they not? I mean, you're Mike Barnes for God's sake. You're the bad guy. Although I am gonna hold you to the puka shells thing, I, I gotta, I gotta. Next time I interview you, I hope that they do have Mike Barnes be some sort of like a guru or something. That would be pretty cool, actually. Um, I, I do want to give a special shout out, special thanks to Kirk for um for his uh, for giving me a shout out on his uh, YouTube channel and his uh, his uh, series Fight and Flicks. Thank you so much, Kirk, for for giving me a shout out about the Sean Kanan interview. Hopefully, you and your fans enjoy enjoyed the interview in other entertainment news jessica simpson has a memoir out and it's a tell-all about her her um her uh her love her love life her marriage to nick lachey her emotional her emotional affair with johnny knoxville and her other relationships with tim tebow and such and such here's the thing about this memoir Keep it to yourself. That's basically the way I look at it. Because at the end of the day, Jessica, you are not only compromising your reputation, you're compromising the reputation of your exes. I mean, good or bad, it doesn't matter if it was a good relationship, if you're saying good things, bad things. It doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, you're talking about these guys that really, they they really didn't want to put their dirty laundry out there for the world to listen. They didn't want this. And you are putting their dirty laundry out there, regardless if it was good or bad. I mean, do you honestly think that Johnny Knoxville wants the world to know that you had an emotional affair with him through text while he was still married? I mean, granted, he's not married anymore. He, he divorced his, his, his wife. But come on, that, that's not something that they want people to know about. Nick Lachey, I'm sure, doesn't want the world to know that he was heartbroken over you or that you guys hooked up after you guys had a divorce. He doesn't want people to know any of that. This is stuff that's personal. This is stuff that I'm sure they're not too happy with you about because it's just it's it's personal. It's personal information that, yes, they're in the public eye, but they're already in the public eye enough without having more of their dirty laundry out there. I mean, Jessica, if you're trying to gain attention, mission accomplished, you got it, but I don't think it's the attention that you want. I mean, there's there's going to be people that are going to be, they're, they're not going to be happy about this. I'm sure you've already gotten calls from your exes saying, dude, what the hell? Like, why are you doing this? You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very difficult situation right now, and I'm sure that your exes are not too happy about that, I wouldn't blame them. I really wouldn't blame them for being pissed. I would be. If I, if I was your ex, I would be definitely pissed that you're putting my business out there. Because if I didn't say my business in an interview or for the public to know, what makes you think that I wanted in a book for the entire world to know? Come on, think about this. Well, then again, it's 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 something that 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 you excel at, which is being in the public eye and getting your business out there. That's why you did the reality show to begin with. So there you go. That's that's what happens. In other entertainment news, Kirk Douglas passes away at the age of 103 this past Wednesday. Uh, the three-time Oscar-nominated actor 
got his big break in the movie Spartacus. He went on to do many other films. I personally saw him the first time in Disney's 20,000 Leagues Under Leagues Under the Sea. I thought he did an amazing job in that movie. Very talented actor. His son, Michael Douglas, also another talented actor, uh, gave a statement and he said... It is with tremendous sadness that my brothers and I announce that Kirk Douglas left us today at the age of 103. To the world, he was a legend, an actor from the golden age of movies who lived well into his golden years, a humanitarian whose commitment to justice and the causes he believed in set a standard for all us, for all, for us all to aspire to. But to me and my brothers, Joel and Peter, he was simply dad. To Catherine, a wonderful father-in-law. To his grandchildren, a great grand and great grandchildren, their loving grandfather. And to his wife Anne, a wonderful husband. My deepest and heartfelt condolences. Rest in peace, Kirk Douglas. In sports. Multi-time Supercross and Motocross champion Chad Reed is switching from bikes to cars now. He is uh he's been driving. He's actually he actually just won uh the the Super Trofeo World Finals in Jerez, Spain, and he was also seen uh he, well he debuted in an IMSA sanctioned race, Lamborghini race as well in Watkins at Watkins Glen International. He's looking to make it to the Daytona, to Daytona. Like that's that's his plan in 2021, and he and he basically and he's very confident that he can make it. I mean, you know, granted from his his track record, no pun intended, it seems that he can. He stated saying. I have some meetings at Daytona trying to really confirm and get everything sorted for 2020. Winning the World Finals in the Lamborghini Series last year and trying to take the momentum from that to stay in the series. Eventually, the long-term goal is to try to come to Daytona. As an Australian, I'd love to do the Bathurst 12-hour. But yeah, definitely sports car racing is where I really want to end up. This guy has a thirst for racing and for competition. So, Reed, much luck to you, man, because if you made it a success in motocross and supercross and already started to make waves in 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 uh, sports car racing, I'm very confident that you will definitely continue that success on to Daytona in 2021. In other sports news, Jordy Smith is South Africa's gold medal hopeful uh the surfer went ahead and uh qualified for the olympics back in october and he's looking to bring gold a gold medal to his country of south africa in july when the olympics begin in tokyo so at this point he is he's been surfing since the age of three he started competition at the age of 11 and he's been winning ever since i mean his parents had so much faith in him that they sold all their worldly belongings just to get him to be able to participate in these in these surfing competitions and it paid off i mean he's been winning these competitions winning $250,000 winning money left and right now he's going for the gold in in tokyo and he stated saying it's better for you to win a gold for your country especially for me somebody that is a surfer and your country doesn't know too much about too much about you and your sport you win a gold and they know now because a gold medal is a gold medal 
across all boards. It is amazing. So, Jordy, I wish you nothing but the best of luck. You will be going up against many, many competitors around the world. What's really cool is that the Olympic Committee finally made surfing a sport along with skateboarding, uh, karate, baseball, and climbing. So this is brand new. He, Jordy, if he wins the gold medal, he will be the first gold medal winner in the category of surfing. That's an amazing honor to have in and of itself. So much luck to the South African. We'll see how he does in the upcoming Summer Olympics. In other sports news, hockey player Alex Ovechkin hopes to make to score his 700th goal in the upcoming game against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, the, the, the hockey, the Washington Capitals forward is basically hoping to be the eighth player to make, to accomplish this in the history of the NHL. He stated by saying, I try not to think about it, to be honest with you, because I'm still playing. I'm still trying to do more things that I'm capable of. But sometimes you start thinking about it and you're like, holy, it's pretty big numbers. Not lots of guys do that. To be top 10 of all time and right now top eight, it's pretty good. Well, Ovechkin, I mean... That is pretty good, you know, to be amongst many great players. And now if you score your 700th, you're going to be a part of a very elite group of men that have that have stamped their uh, their way into the history books of the National Hockey League. So much luck to you uh, uh, tonight when you face the Philadelphia Flyers. In video game news, Final Fantasy XIV has a huge update on February 18th, and it includes new quests that that continue the main story, additional side quests, new boss battles that include the Final Fantasy VII Ruby Weapon, another story, another story dungeon, and more fixes to the game. On top of which, it also includes uh, an eight-player raid content with the second chapter in the Edensverse raid series that will be on normal and or savage difficulty. All this plus much more that's going to be coming February 18th. So Final Fantasy fans, it looks like you have your hands full because there's huge updates coming in the next few days. So stay tuned for that. In other video game news, Rockstar co-founder Dan Hauser takes a step down from the company after an extended leave that pretty much nobody knows why he had already an extended leave of absence from the company. He decided to completely leave the company, leaving uh, leaving the reins to his brother, Sam Hauser, who's also the co-founder of Rockstar Games. And uh, yeah, it seems that it seems that he's uh, taken a step down. Uh, Sam and Dan are both responsible for writing all the GTA series, all the Red Dead Redemption series, and all the Bully series. So much luck to uh, Dan in whatever he decides to do next. But Sam, this is coming from gamers all across the board, especially Red Dead Redemption 2 gamers. Fix your game. Because honestly, you haven't. Here we are trying to make money on this game. And one of the ways that you can make money is doing the trader missions. How can you do trader missions if there are no animals to be able to trade with? 
The animal spawn is still a huge problem in Red Dead Redemption 2, and that's why many gamers have stopped playing it. Who cares if you keep on, like, adding more and more content into this game if you can't even buy any of the content that you added because you're not making enough money? Yeah, there's the moonshine missions, there's that, but how are you supposed to make money off of trader missions? That's actually good money, too. You can't. And not only that, the game's kind of become a little boring. You kind of make it a little fun when you add animals into the mix and you're able to go hunting and you're able to do all this stuff. But you've you've made us players resort to glitching the game out, possibly even damaging the servers because you haven't fixed your problem in adding animals spawns. I mean, you haven't fixed it. Rockstar, get your button gear. Sam, get your button gear and fix your game it still seems like it's in a beta version for god's sake come on guys rockstar you you really need to fix red dead redemption 2 start with that that's it for the xander effect thank you so much for watching i hope you enjoyed this episode and that's the news in case you haven't heard it live it up be taylor The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc. BMG and Sony Music The Orchard in association with Art19 Media. Hi guys, thanks a lot for watching this episode of The Xander Effect. Now, if you like this video or any of my other videos, here's a couple right here. See, they're right here, they're right here. Go ahead and click on those to view some of my past videos and make sure to subscribe because it's awesome. See you next time on The Xander Effect. Also, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram.